Okay, let's get into Parshas Yisro, Tavshin Pei Gimel. Again, as I said, I'm, I'll be traveling next week. Next week there won't be a Shira, but Beth Hashem will pick up again uh, with Parshas Truma uh, the following week. So let's get into Parshas Yisro, Maimed Harsinai, take one. We have Maimed Harsinai, take one, and then Mishpatim is Maimed Harsinai, take two. Right, the end of Mishpatim, Perach Avdalad, is a second version. Right, Nasev and Ishma is not in this week's Parsha, even though this is the Parsha of Maimed Harsinai. We have the similar Pasuk of Nasev, but not Nasev and Ishma. Well, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. The Torah tells us, Vayishma Yisro Chohen Midyon Chosin Moshe. Yisro hears, Yisro, the Kohen of Midyon, the father-in-law of Moshe, is Kol Asher Asalakim Moshe Yisrael Amo. Everything that Hashem did for Moshe and Am Yisrael. Very general. He heard about everything. So you would have said, what does everything mean? It means the whole thing, the whole process. And the Gemara in Zvachim Kuftav Zion discusses a number of items. But Rashi quotes two. Rashi quotes two, though Chazal have more. What does Rashi quote? Rashi quotes, Mashmu Hashama Uba, Kriyas Yamsuf, Umachemes Amalek. Kriyas Yamsuf and Amalek. Doesn't say Makas Bacharos, doesn't say the, the other Makos. Kriyas Yamsuf and Amalek. And many Mefarshe Rashi are bothered. What, why Dafka these two? What are these two, Kriyas Yamsuf and Amalek, what do they symbolize? What do they symbolize? If you look here in the source number one, we have again another offering from the Sari Alafim, Rabbi Tversky from Chicago, uh, where he says, Vakasha. And he says, L'chora, Divrei Rashi, Sosim HaSakasim, Mephurish Bekra. What does the Pasuk say? As kol asher asalakim l'moshe l'Yisrael. Everything. And Rashi minimizes. What do you hear? These two events. Below Rakriyas Yamsuf v'machem asamalek. L'divrei Rashi, Tzrichim l'havin. Ma nishtanu shnei nisim halalu shagarmu b'yas Yisrael. Mikol shara nisim shiru l'Yisrael. What is it about these two events that cause Yisrael to come? Right, Yisrael was sitting there, and he had he had Moshe's wife and kids with him. That's true, but he could have just sent them back. Right, we mentioned in the past in other shiurim, who was the fir- who was the first one to fulfill the mitzvah of a higada talavincha, right, the mitzvah of sibri yitzias mitzrayim, telling your children who was the first one to ever fulfill that mitzvah, Moshe Rabbeinu, because only his kids weren't there, and when they came that first Pesach, right, he was the first one. And that we've used to answer in the past the question of why Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned in the Haggadah, except for one passing, fleeting moment. Why? Because we mirror the first time the mitzvah was done. When Moshe Rabbeinu told his kids, you think he would focus on himself? You think he would talk too much about Moshe? No, he probably skipped over himself. So we, as a covet to Moshe, imitate what Moshe did that first time, and we don't really mention him. And not mentioning him gives him the greatest covet. But again, that's um, parenthetically. But back, again, back to here. So Yisro has Moshe's wife and kids, and he comes, and Rashi says, specifically, these two, these two events were what motivated him to come. So what is it about these two events? Question one. Question two, as we continue. It says later on, Vayomer Yisro, Baruch Hashem, Yisro was the first one to say Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Asher Hitzil Eschem Yad Mesorim Yad Paro. Right? Blessed is Hashem that saved you from the hand of Mitzrayim, the hand of Mitzrayim. So the Sari Alafim points out, interesting, it says the word Yad three times in this Pasuk. Three times. Right? What's the emphasis? The same word used three times. You could have skipped it, skipped all of them. You could have just said the whole Pasuk without all three Yads. Right, look on line 17. Baruch Hashem asher hitzel aschem mi Mitzrayim u mi paro asher hitzel asam mitachas Mitzrayim. Right, just leave out the yads. What are the three yads there to mention? Question two. So question one, why those two events? Question three, why is it that the yad, what's the emphasis of yad? Question, question two. Question three. Anoch Yeshem alokecha this week's Parsha, the first of the Dibros, I am Hashem that took you out of Mitzrayim. And the question that's asked by the Rishonim already, the Ebed Ezra and others, why not? Why is the focus Yitzias Mitzrayim? Why the specific Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the event, you know, God is the Bore? Why not mention, why not mention that? And finally, the fourth question, which is the beginning of the answer already. And that is, every single morning, we wake up in the morning, we already know from Moshe Rabbeinu, we try to say over a hundred brachas a day. Shabbos and Yantav get a little tricky, because there's less, so we try to add in. 
But we're trying to say 100 brachas a day. What's the first bracha that a Jew says every single day? The first time that he turns to Hashem. Right? Moda'ani is not a bracha. The first bracha that we say is Natilas Yadayim. What's the first bracha we say? What's the significance of that bracha being the first? Right? If that's the first, it must be that that, that somehow symbolizes and frames my entire day. I so, I wash my hands. What's significant? Yeah, there are three reasons given in halacha. I might have touched a, a, a part of my body that's usually sweaty, or I'm like a Kohen starting the avoda. But what's the significance? He quotes Rishonim. What does the word netilas mean? That's a machlokas Rishonim. What does the word netilas mean? Yeshman Rishonim. Some say netilas is from the word vayenatzleim vayenaseim to lift up haramas yadayim. That's one shot of Natila. Other Natla maybe is a Kli, use a Kli, but the uh, one shot is Vayanatlaim Vayanasaim. We lift up our hands. Hashem commanded us to lift up our hands. Asher Kidashanu be Mitsosavitsivanu on Natilas Yadayim. He commanded us to lift up our hands. What kind of lifting up our hands? What's the symbolism of that? And we know we find lifting up of the hands at the end of last week's parsha. Right, we know Moshe Rabbeinu already lifted up his hands. Vehine, line thirty-four. We know when Moshe Rabbeinu lifted up his hands, then we were victorious over Amalek. He put his hands down. Right, he, we 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 lost. And the mission in Rosh Hashanah says, "What well, Moshe's hands were magical." Right, Moshe, just like the Nechash and the the snake was magical. It had healing power. And the answer is that no, of course, we, it was about looking towards Moshe's hands. But again, what's the message of Yadayim, of hands? We have Natilos Yadayim, we have Moshe's hands defeating Amalek, we have the hands in that Pusik three times, the word Yad, in, um, in our Parsha. So here we go. Line, on the left side, line 11. He says, based on the Chassam Sofer, much of the Sefer, the Sari Alafim, is built on thoughts of the Chassam Sofer and expanded. So he says, Chassam Sofer says, What was the ultimate cause and root of why we went so deep spiritually? We sunk so low to the 49th level of Tum and Chazal say if we would have been there one more second, we wouldn't be identifiable anymore as the as the children of Avram Yisrael and Yaakov. Hayumashish piua mitzrim alehem shein shum toeles b'maisi bnei adam. You know what the root is? The mitzrim were successful in convincing us that what we do makes no difference, and what a person does is not significant. And there's nothing that we could accomplish. What can you accomplish? What are you doing anything? You know, even if you work, you know, it's not going to have any effect. Right? Had they do that, what do we know? Chazal told us they built Pisum and Ramses. What's Pisum and Ramses? Cities built on quicksand. So right when it's built, you see what you built, all of a sudden it sinks. And it's not there anymore. And they were using that to teach us that everything you do, everything you do is going to sink. You're not accomplishing anything. Right? Right? It was quicksand. And what was it to show us? What man does is meaningless. Don't think it's significant. That what you can accomplish. Do whatever you want. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. There's nothing about being ethical. No. That's what they instilled in us while we, we sung so low because we didn't think we could accomplish anything. We didn't believe in ourselves. So when Hashem took us out, He not only had to physically stop the, the manual terrible labor, but he had to change our hashkafa, our mentality. He had to somehow uplift us and show and prove to us that what we do does matter. 
and what we could accomplish is is infinite. Lo dai shodiyalahem shemaseim b'emes osim roshim. Not just that, your actions are uh, may have an effect. Elodiyalahem shumaniklem koach eloki. I'm going to give you godly powers. What you do has effects in all the celestial spheres. When you do a mitzvah down here, there's earthquakes in Shamayim based on that. Every maisa, every mitzvah, every little smile, every little smile has an unbelievable effect. You're not just human. You have to recognize that you have a tzelem elokim. And not just a tzelem elokim, that you were nivra to be an avde Hashem. And he says, turning over the page, he says, he says, and related to this is a fascinating drush that the Chassam Sofer has on the Pasuk that we say every day. Pasuk says, turning over, I am Hashem that took you out of Mitzrayim to be for you. Says the Chazam Sofer, I took you out of Mitzrayim to make you into godly individuals. To show you what you could be. That you should be for yourselves. Elokiim, you should be godly. And that's what Yisro heard. What did he hear? Back to the first passage of the parsha. As Asher Asha Elokim Moshe he saw what Moshe Hashem did to Moshe. What he did, Asa Hashem Moshe Translate the words, literally. He made them. What he did to them, not just for them. What he do? He made them into godly people. He showed them that what they do makes a difference. And now continues the Sari Alafim. Based on these words of the Chassam Sofer, we could go back to the Rashi. What did Rashi say? What did he hear about? If this is what he was convinced about, Kriyas Yamsuf Amalek. Those are two events that went by Moshe's hands. Hands symbolize what we accomplish, our Yadayim. That's the Lushan that Chazal uses for what a person accomplishes with his hands. How did Kriyas Yamsuf happen according to the Torah Shavachsav? Moshe lifted up his hands. He lifted up his hands. It's what Moshe accomplished. As the Mepharshim explained, Lift up your hands and split it. And that's Moshe's, and that's Moshe's godly power that he could accomplish Kriyas Yamsuf and Mechemes Amalek. Ulech Oris, Skipping now to line 27, and then we'll finish up all the other questions. Where did Moshe get this power? It must be Hashem imbued him. Maybe he didn't have this power when he was by Yisro originally, but now Yisro realizes what Moshe and all the Jews have imbued in them. Right? You have to be godly to split the sea. You have to be godly to fight Amalek. So when he hears Dafka about Kriyas Yamsu, what Moshe accomplished with his hands, he realizes these people have become godly. And that's why he says, Baruch Hashem Asher Hitzel Eschem Miyad Mitzrayim Umiyad Paro They wanted to teach us that our hands, our actions, hands symbolize what we accomplish. Ma'asiyadayim are meaningless. That was their Ashkafa. And Yisra realizes that Hashem saved us from that Ashkafa. Miyad Paro, Miyad Mitzrayim, He saved us from that type of, of, of self uh, realizing that we can't accomplish anything and then just failing. Mitacha Shitasam Hakozeves, Shemasi the Adamainim Oilim Amoridim, Samalavalo Morid. And that's what we could accomplish. And that's why every single morning, the first bracha a Jew says is that. We have a lot to do. And we believe in ourselves. Hashem, you commanded us to lift up our hands. Like Moshe lifted up his hands by Kriyas Yamsuf. 
and by Milchemes Amalek, we commanded us to lift up our... There's even a minog of lifting up one's hands. After one washes one's hands, right? Right, Suyidechem Kodesh, right? Even uh, the Sephardic customers even say that Pasek, when you, when you lift up your hands. But it's lifting up the hands to symbolize how much we could do. And we believe in ourselves. And that's what he says on the left side now. The Alkain on line 23. He sanctified us with the godly sanctity. We're not just human hands. These are godly hands. We could accomplish so much. And that's why, also, finally... Answering the last question, Alkain Pasach Hashem Yisbarach. Hashem starts off, Maimon Ar Sinai, Anochi Hashem Alokecha. I took you out of Mitzrayim. In Mitzrayim, you were told, What could I accomplish? What could a human being do? And I'm telling you, I took you out of that mentality. I took you out of thinking that you're just finite ants on the blip of of uh, the radar of the world. Yes, I'm infinite, and you're tiny little finite, and the malachim can't understand why I take a liking to you. As the Gemara says in Masech Shabbos, when the malachim complained when they saw Moshe Rabbeinu, what is this human being doing here? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, no, no. Moshe answered them, and he goes through all the Aseris Adibros, and they recognize that the Torah is for human beings, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu believes in us and what we could accomplish. Okay. Moving right along. And he continues, that's what Amalek did. What was the language of Amalek? Rafu yidehem min ha-Torah. It's all about the Yadayim, because the Yadayim symbolize, right, what we could accomplish. Right, in Mesechus Ksubis, the work, the earnings of a wife is called the Maisi Yadayim of the wife. That's all the connection, and he wrote so in Shenizke, that we ma'arich everything that we could accomplish. Okay, moving right along. So Yisro comes, and Yisro brings Moshe's two sons. Right, what are his two sons? Aser Veshnevanea, Asher Shemo Echad Gershom. Brings Gershom, Kiyamar Gerha Yisi Beres Nachria. Gershom, right, because why did he name his older son Gershom? Because he was a stranger in a strange land, right, in Midian. And Veshemo Echad Eliezer. And the second son is Eliezer, Kielokei Avi Beezri, Vayatzileni Micherev Paro, the God of my father, help me. And he saved me from the Cherev of Paro. So this is where we know a story that happened weeks ago, which the Torah did not mention. Right after Moshe Rabbeinu killed the Mitzri, and doesn't not have hear him say, "Who are you?" Moshe just runs away. But from this phrase, "Vayatzileni mecherev Paro," is where Rashi quotes that really he was caught, and Paro tried to kill him. Right? Kishagilu dasan vaviram. Rashi says, "Aldvar Mitzri bikish laragas Moshe nasut savaru kaamut shalshayis." His neck became like marble, and he was able to to run out. Okay, that's the story, and. Answer to a trivia question, which we mentioned in the past, right? Two first cousins of the Torah whose names are only different by one letter, right here, Eliezer and Elazar, right? Son of Moshe and the son of, of, uh, of Aharon. But the question that's asked by a number of the Aharonim, the Chafetz Chaim, um, amongst them, why this order? Gershom and Eliezer. If you think about it chronologically, Eliezer happened first, meaning first Hashem was Vayatzileni Mechera Paro, and he runs to Midian, and then he's a ger ha'isi be'eres nachria. So if you think about the order, he should have named his older son Eliezer. Right? Name his son Eliezer. Hashem saved me. And then the second son, Gershon. Right? I'm a stranger. Why did he switch the order? Why did he switch the order? Says the Chavetz Chaim, then he gives us a mushal for life. Says the Chavetz Chaim. Source number four. L'chora ha'yelah likros as Hashem Arishon Eliezer. That should be the older son. Alanation Nasulo. That happened first. Vaod number one. Vaod and also not only should it be first. What's the significance of the second one? We only said the first one. Hashem saved me. What's the second one? I'm here all by myself. Gera Yizi Beres Nachria. Is that like so significant and special? Like the Gershom grow up thinking, what a great name I have. Right? My father was a stranger and he never felt comfortable. That's something to, to remember. That's something to name your son after. So again, Moshe, we discussed. Moshe and Amayim Shisiu has tremendous significance. But what does Eliezer find? But what about Gershom? Achei Nira, says the Chafetz Chaim. Lefisha be'eshaba Moshe Yisro and Moshe came to Yisro. Adain Yisro lonis gayer. Yisro, he didn't have all, he wasn't, didn't have a house full of svarim when Moshe first came. Right? 
maybe he didn't even convert yet. Ready, right? convert it later. When Moshe first came, he wasn't in such a hospitable place for belief in God. Right? Later on, Yisra says in our parsha, now I know that God is the, is the one God. Uh, beforehand, obviously, he didn't think that. And he was the Kohen of, the, of Midian. Right? He was the priest. Moshe was nervous. I don't want to get mushpa from this strange environment. And therefore, right away by his first son, he wanted to make a reminder for himself that this is not my home. And this is not where I belong. And these aren't the values that I want to imbibe. And therefore, right away, he says, Gera yisi beres nachriyah. Gershom. Kipo ba'aretz hurak bebechinaz ger beres nachriyah. Va'asid lashuvu mikarau. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Am Yisrael. And then hopefully I'm going to go into Eretz Yisrael, which he never did. But that's what he was hoping. He did that to remind himself and then maybe to remind his son also. This is not where we belong. This is not where we belong. He did it because he didn't want to forget where he was from. And then he gives a marshal. Where we have to remember where we are from too. Because we are... Ger Hayisi Be'eres Nachriyah, as the Chavaz Chaim is about to say, in this world. The Hamashal Bazeh says the Chavaz Chaim, and only how the Chavaz Chaim has thousands, at least hundreds, if not thousands of Mishalim. I have a safer at home, Mishle Chavaz Chaim. The Hamashal Bazeh. La'echad shenasal medina acheret al yirid agadol likach schora. Somebody went across the sea to go to the market, right? To go buy, this is where he makes his money for the whole year. So he goes, this special merchandise that only exists over the, over the seas. So he goes there and he wants to make sure to buy what he needs to buy. What if it's like the busy season? It's the busiest day. He has 10 customers online. And they're all about to buy and he's so excited and he's going to change merchandise. And somebody comes over and says, you got to read this newspaper. It's great articles. you got to read this. Here, play this game with me now. You want to play a game? I got customers. I got, I got, I got, I got to make, you know, diamonds. He will rebuke him. What are you doing here? What are you bringing me the newspapers and the games? Every minute that you talk to me, I'm losing. I'm losing a customer. Every second that you distract me, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Hello, Yadata. Why do you think I came here in the first place? I came here to read newspapers. I could have read newspapers at home. Hello, Yadata. Ki Azafti Azbasi. I left my home. Natashti Aznachlasi. Verchakti Nadol. Why did I come so far from the other side of the world in order to bring back the goods to where my real home is? You want me to waste my time? Says the Chafetz Chaim. We all came here from a faraway place. The mission of our neshama. Right, it's a beautiful song, A.B. Rottenberg, Little Neshamala. Remember the song. Right, the neshama comes from a very far place in order to fulfill a mission here. Hanefesh it's from the Kisya Kavid. And it's here for a short amount of time. Only have 120 years. Liknos, Torah, Maisim Tovim, Midos. And there are other things that pull us. So I'll just read this. I'll just play that. I'll just do this at a time when we're not supposed to. And what should our reaction be? That's not why I'm here. I'm here to do mitzvos. I'm here to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to remember that we're in a strange place. We have to remember that this world, Olam is not the natural habitat of our neshama. And we have to recognize where we're from. Again, it doesn't mean that there's not relaxation time too. Hashem wants us to enjoy the world. Hashem wants us to smile. Hashem makes food taste good. And Hashem makes flowers different colors and, and makes beautiful, you make brachas on certain you know, uh, things that you see lakes and mountains and wonders of the world. Yes. But, says the Chavaz Chaim, we have to recognize that this, this world, Ger Hayisi Be'eretz Nachriya. 
And Moshe wanted to remember that. Moshe wanted to remember, first thing before, yes, he could have gone in order, but that is the significance of that name. So if Ligar Babalomalo, so if our Yitzhar comes and tells us to waste time, to not focus, I am Loya Data, Kiorati, Kamameos, Allah and Parsos, Bimoko Moshevi, I came down from all the higher of the universes in order to fulfill a taklis. What are you being matrid me in this? So that's the Chavitzchai. Similar, the Meshachachma asked the same question. They were contemporaries. Remember the only whole story behind it, the only contemporary that the Chavetz Chaim ever quoted was the Meshachachma in one line of the Bir Halacha in Hilchas Rosh Hashanah. And there's a story behind it. They got into a machlokas about the Falajan uh, or Yeshiva, about secular studies. He wanted to show, the story is told that he didn't want, he wanted to show that he didn't have any hard feelings. So he quoted Rameir Simcha, you know, one time in Hilchas Rosh Hashanah, but other than that, the, Mesh, the Chavetz Chaim never quotes any contemporary Rabbi, only from earlier generations. So says the Meshachachma, source number five, Misaper Ma'alos Moshe, a different answer. What, what's the focus of Gera Yitzi Beres It's to show the princely attributes of Moshe Rabbeinu. He acted princely, but he didn't act like a prince as compared to all the other members of his nation. Misaper Malos Moshe, Echaya Kasher al Avas Amo, Asher Im Kilohiker Osam. Moshe Rabbeinu grew up in the palace. He didn't do any work. He could have just stayed there and not gone out. He could have run to Midian and not gone back. He didn't connect to them. Oh, yes, he did. And Moshe Rabbeinu naming his first name after Ger Hayisi, he's identifying with Am Yisrael still stuck in Mitzrayim. I don't hold myself above them or separate from them. Moshe Rabbeinu totally identified. Right? He didn't know them well. He was always in, you know, in, in the upper spheres of society. He didn't hold himself so high. He didn't say, I'm so great. I'm just a member of the same society. I belong there, even though he never worked a day in his life in the Shibud. He had such pain. The fact that his own life was saved wasn't so significant to him because his people were still subjugated. So he didn't focus on Vayatsi Lady Micharev Paro. He focused on the Ger Hayisi because it was more about identifying with them than his own personal salvation. Vidok. Vidok always means Vidrosh. Search this out. Vitimsa Kal. Or Kasha, depending on the context. But here, Lachara means Kal. Uh, check this out and you will recognize that what I'm saying is, is true. Okay, so then what happens? We continue, get a lot in the first Aliyah this year. So the first names, Vayabo Yisro Chosin Moshe. Yisro comes with his grandchildren, El Hamidbar, Ashahu Chonesham Haro Elokim. He comes to where the Haro Elokim, he comes to Choreth. Vayomer El Moshe, Ani Chosin Chayizo I, I am here, I'm your father-in-law. Vishro Shevan Eima, Moshe goes out. Vayishtachu, Vayishtachlo, gives him a hug and a kiss. Shalom, how are you doing? Let's focus on these two psukim. Moshe tells his father-in-law everything that happened. Yisrael heard something to make him come. That's the first pasuk. But now Moshe goes through the story. Moshe tells him everything that happened. Rashi adds, Limshoches libo lekarvo la in order to bring him close to Torah. All the hardships that they've had, and Hashem saved them. All the difficulties that they went through, and Hashem saved them. Rashi goes to Pshatim, he was upset, he was, but Pashas, he was happy. He was happy. And Yisrael continues and says, Baruch Hashem, that he saved you from Mitzrayim and Paro. And then Pasigud Aleph. Atoyadati. Kigadol Hashem Mikolho Elokim. 
I now know that Hashem is greater than all other gods because he researched every other god. Right, that was Yisrael. Now I know that he's great. And then we have a very difficult line to translate, to add in. In the thing that they were mazed on them. What does that mean? So we go to Unkelis. Unkelis is not just a translator, but a Mefarish. Unkelis, from the good times of the Gemara, one of the, one of the Tanoim. Unkelis says, V'chadi, oh, next line, Ka'an yadana. now I know, Are Rav Hashem Allah Barminei. I know Hashem is great and there is no God besides Him. That's already not just a translation. What does the Pasuk say? I know Hashem is greater than all other gods. Unkelis says, how could you put that in the same sentence? He's greater than all other gods. No, what it really means is there is no other God. So Unkelis changes that. The less Elah bar Right? Rav Hashem less Elah bar But then he says, Are, how does he translate? Ki badavar sherzadu alayhem. Are pipiskama di chashivu mitzroi lameidan yas Yisrael. With the words that the Mitzrayim, with the plan that the Mitzrayim wanted to judge the Jews, Bei Daninun, they were judged. Basically, Mita Kenegan Mita. In how they wanted to kill the Jews, they were killed. In other words, they wanted to kill the Jews through water, right? The astronomer said, right, there, it's the downfall is going to come with water, Moshe Rabbeinu hitting the rock, whatever they saw. So they threw the babies into the, into the river, and they had Kriyas Yamsov, and they were drowned in the and they were drowned in the uh, in the river. So that is uh, what Yisro uh, says. That wow, I can't believe Mida Keneged Mida. If you look in the Be'er Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Misalant, he just makes it a little deeper. What Rashi and Unkelis are saying here, not just oh, I see they wanted they wanted to kill with water. They tried, it didn't work, so they were judged with water. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. Says the Be'er Yosef, Niresh Akavana. Not only on what they did to the Jews, actually, they actually killed us through water, so they were judged through water. It's deeper than that. Even what they didn't even actually do to us. Even what they intended to do to us, or planned to do to us, even what they wanted to do and they didn't get to do. What is this talking about? The Gemara says in Mesechah Sota, maybe some are familiar, that there was a special cabinet meeting in Mitzrayim to try to figure out how to deal with the Jewish problem. It was the first time, Rachman al-Itzlan, out of many times, that there were meetings about the final solution that our enemies had, how to get rid of the Jews once and for all. So Paro was, one, Paro was the first, because there was no B'nai Yisrael before Paro. So the Gemara tells us in Masech, Sota and Dafir Aleph, let's deal wisely. What does the Gemara say? That, Bo'u, uh, left side now, Right, let's figure out how to judge these people, how to deal with these people. Who were who was in that cabinet? Who was in that cabinet? The Gemara tells us Yisro, Bilam, and Eov. Those three, they were the ones that were discussing. After the whole decision, what happened? Yisro was quiet. Yisro ran away. Eov was quiet, and Bilam gave the advice. Right, Eov was quiet, he would judge with Yisurim, Yisro ran away, he was rewarded, and Bilam was killed. So Yisro was at the cabinet meeting when they were discussing what should we do to the Jews. What were the various plans that were put on the table until they came to the final plan of water? Throw them in the river. What were the earlier plans? Says the Gemara. Bovin is in the Moshiach Yisrael, by many donim, line four. How should we judge them? Nidonim ba'esh. Maybe we should use fire. Ksiv, kihine Hashem ba'esh yavo. Ksiv, ki Hashem ba'esh nishpat. Ah, it says that God is in control of the fire. I don't know if that's such a great idea. But they thought, maybe fire? Nah, no good. Nidonim v'cherev. How about the sword? Let's kill them all. Ksiv, v'ubacharbo es kol basar. Ah, also maybe not such a great idea. Let's do water. 
Let's do water. Hashem already promised no more mabal with water. Hashem promised. So that's great. Hashem's hands are tied. He already promised he can't use water. So we're gonna we're gonna do water. We're gonna punish them with with uh, with water. Yisro now hears about what happened, and he hears there were ten makos. And he hears that there were civil wars amongst the Mitzrayim, as Chazal tell us that, right? You know what? The, the firstborns heard about the Mako. You think they were just going to sit there? Yeah, it's not going to happen. There was inner fighting. There was a civil war in Egypt. Because the firstborn said, no, let them go. And Power was like, no, I'm not letting them go. There were civil wars. So much of Mitzrayim were killed by the sword. Much of Mitzrayim, what happened when it borrowed? There was fire. And there was water. And Kriyas Yamsuf, what does Yisro hear about? He hears the whole story. He's like, I don't believe it. Even what was discussed in the cabinet rooms in the government of Mitzrayim, we were punished for what we planned to do that we didn't even do. Kibadavar Asher Zadu Aleihem. Not only, says the Be'er um, Yosef, does uncle is telling us that was Mida Kenegin Mida against what they did. But it was me to connect and me to even against their plans. And that shows, Line 12. When he told everything. He goes through every detail. How they happen. The power ran after them. And he took Chel Paro, Vechsha Himamam, Kishia Vova Yirdafu. And they came, and the Nisim, Yisro realizes, down to every detail. Kodesh Baruch Hu punished them. The Azra Yisro, Echsha Kol Hapagaim Bahanegaim, Shabo Alehem. Ayu Bidiuk Nifwa, Matimos Umchuvanus, Limisha Asul Yisrael. He saw the Lorak Masha Asul and Bafoel, Afil Masharak Amru, the Inu, what they planned to do. That also, Cherev and Eish, the Chula, right? He quotes the Yalkut, quotes the Yalkut on the top left, that the firstborns, they killed hundreds of thousands of Mitzrayim, right? Because they were trying to let the Jews out. And fire in the Barad, and it all happened. They tell the story, same idea. Right, man, this story is a little bit known. But one time there was a priest that came to Rav Chaim Mivalajan. And said, my priests know, no Tanakh, that probably better than, than many of us, right? And the priest comes to Chai Balaj, he says, I don't understand. He says, Hallelujah, Hashem kol goyim, shabchuhu kol haumim. We say in Hallel. Hashem, praise, all the nations are going to, you know, um, praise Hashem. Why? Ki gavar aleinu chasto. Because Hashem has chesed upon us. Says the priest of Chai Balaj, we're never going to praise God because he did good for you. What does that mean? We're going to praise how great Hashem is. We don't know half the things that you plan to do to us. We only know some things that were actually, but we don't know half the plans. Only you know. So when everything becomes clear and HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows his face to the world and it's this clarity and this Das Hashem, you're going to recognize how much more so. And you're going to know even more than us how Hashem saved us. Right? After the Six-Day War, in certain places, they found these plans that the Arabs had had to massacre various areas. And it was only found afterwards. So we found those plans, so we know. But throughout history, how much our enemies wanted to do, but Yisro recognized that. Yisro recognized that. It wasn't just what was done, but what was even intended to be done. So we have to get to a little bit Maimon Harsinai, actually. This is Parsha's Yisra. So we're going to review an Arachayim HaKadosh that we did 13 years ago, but maybe every 13 years it's worth it to do. It's one of the classic Arachayims where the Arachayim talks about how to get ready for Maimon Harsinai, how they got ready and how we have to get ready. Whenever we learn Torah, whenever we want to get ready for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's uh, Dvar Hashem, the Arachayim in source number 8, and let's review the Psukim for a minute. So the Psukim tell us that we came to the Midbar. We came to the Midbar, Perek Yutes. Midbar Sinai. We came to Midbar Sinai. Great. We're there. We came to the Midbar. 
And then it says, Vayisumi Rafidim, Vayavo Midbar Sinai. They left Rafidim and they came to Midbar Sinai. Vayachnu Bamidbar, Vayichasham Yisrael, Negadahar. Says the Arachayim, Chazal also are bothered by this. Why does it first say where we came to and then go back and repeat where we came from? Right, it says, Baal Midbar Sinai, they came to the Midbar Sinai, and then it says, Vayizumir Fidim, so why is that out of order? And then it repeats again, Vayavol Midbar Sinai, that they came to Midbar Sinai. And then it says, Vayachnu Midbar, they camped in the, in, the, in the desert. Well, what else did they do? They came there, of course they encamped. Those are the three questions of the Arachayim HaKadosh. Why does it say, Vayachnu Fidim again? We knew they, where they had been, and now it said they already came to Midbar Sinai. Why does it repeat, Vayavol Midbar Sinai? And number three, why does it say where they camped? Vayachnu Midbar, Vayichanja, of course. If you came to a desert, you're encamping there, and you weren't told to move. So what exactly is the message? It says the Arachayim, after quoting these questions, Achain, line 14, in source number 8, line 14. Achain, kavanas ha-kasavu lahakdim, gimel in yanim heim, ikarei ha-achana la-kabala sa-Torah. B'nei Yisrael then prepared in three ways for Kabbalah sa-Torah. There are three ways that Klai Yisrael got ready for Kabbalah Satorah. Three things that they had to perfect themselves in as much as possible. Number one, Ready, commitment. Commitment, investment, focus. In order for Kabbalah Satorah, one needs that. One needs to be invested and focused and a value. Laziness is the antithesis for Kenyan Torah. Right? I don't want to worry. I want to have it easy. Everybody wants... Rabbi David Zalbrai one of his farm. Every single Jew wants to learn Shas tonight and get eight hours of sleep. If I can learn shots tonight and get hours of sleep, I'm all in. Says her name is also a joke. Right? Number one is the will to invest and, and to, and to push myself. How many times when it's Torah is mentioned, along with that is Chazak. Chazak ve'ematz. Right? First, first parak of, uh, of Sefer Yoshua. Three times. Chazak ve'ematz. You gotta be strong. You gotta push. That's the first. This Pasik, Pasik, Bez is all about the three Achanas. Number one, it's not repeating where they came from. It's Vayisu me Rafidim. They left. They traveled from Rafidim, Rafu Yadayim, weakness of spirit. Weakness of what the commitment was. Kilobar, remember Amalek made them Rafui. Vayisu, they were in Rafidim by Amalek. It's not coming to tell me where we traveled from. It should have said first where we left. They left the weakness of hands. They, they committed themselves. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to push myself. Number one prerequisite for a life of Torah is hard work. And it's not just learning. Which we, it, it, it's living a life of Torah. Right, living a, a life of honesty in business, living a life where even on a winter Shabbos at three o'clock in the afternoon, I have to tell my coworkers, "Gotta go, sorry." But there's a big deal. Gotta go, sorry. I answer to a higher authority. We have to push ourselves and be committed to such a lifestyle. Number one, commitment and being strong. Number two, what's number two? What's the second phrase? Vayavo mid Barsina, they came to the desert. In Chazal, what does the desert symbolize? It's a place that you trample on. It's not like fancy flowers there. They have to walk around. A desert you walk on. It's just sand. It's low. Shiflus va'anava. Humility. Recognizing that it's not all about me. Ki ain't divrei Torah miskayim mel b'misha mashpel atzmo. Umeisam atzmo kemidbar. You have to let yourself be trampled on. Like a desert. Recognize that I'm just a servant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
Everybody tramples in a desert. So number one, be strong and committed to Torah. Number two, they didn't, it's not, not telling you that they camped. No, they camped with the message of the Midbar. And finally, you can't be have personal Kabbalah Satorah. For Kabbalah Satorah to have worked, they had to be connected, they had to be they had to be one. And those are the three hachanas that are needed, and every year during Shavuos, by the way, Right, the, the weeks of Svira are all about perfecting ourselves in these areas, committing ourselves to Kenyan Torah. Number two, making sure that we recognize that it's not about me. Right, it's not about how great I am. Right, we have to have self-recognition and we have to have self-worth and self-esteem. Because if we don't have any self-esteem, then we we'll think we can. Then we'll be like Mitzrayim. Remember the first part that we mentioned. We'll be like we can't accomplish anything and we're a nothing. I'm a, I'm a nobody. No, no, no. The world today is much more Slabatka than Nevardic, right? We have to focus on the godless Ha'adam. We have to focus on how amazing we could be and what we could accomplish. But recognize that it's, it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's gifts that he gives me. It's not about me. They say the Chavaz Chaim was once overheard in his room. Somebody put his ear to his room and the Chavaz Chaim was crying to Hashem. He's like, Hashem, you've given me so much in life. What have I done for you? You've given me the schus to write the Chavetz Chaim and the Shemir Salashen and the Mishnah Brura and Avas Chesed. You've done so much for me. What have I done for you? And we look at that, that no, he gave that to Klai Yisrael. But the Chavetz Chaim said, no, Hashem gave me the Chachma and the wisdom to be able to write these. What have I done for you? We have to recognize everything Hashem gives us is a gift. Is a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Arachayim, Anava, and of course, number three, Achdus. We can't be the Jewish people without Achdus. I mentioned recently a beautiful idea. You know, we know the Gemara tells us in Mesechah's Yuma Daftas that Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam, baseless hatred, hatred for no reason. And why are we going to get the Beis HaMikdash back? So, they shape of Kuk, Avas Chinam. But uh, I think I mentioned, maybe Avas Chinam is not the best formulation. Because what is Avas Chinam? I'm going to love you for no good reason. I have no good reason to love you. I'm just going to love you, Lashma. That's terrible. You can't find anything in the other person that you could like, that you could respect, that you could honor, that you could latch onto and learn from. Nothing. The person has no redeeming quality. Zero. I'm going to love you, Lashma. That's terrible. Figure out something you can learn from the guy. Yeah, there's something. Everybody has some redeeming quality. Some redeeming quality. Right? The... Uh, Rebbe Levi was able to do that. How many stories, right, that they, right, he once met somebody and the, he was a ganav. He's like, are you a, he's like, he says, you want to do tshuva? He says, no, I don't want to do tshuva. He says, you want to return any of the money that you stole? No, I don't want to return any of the money that I stole. Are you going to, you know, you want to be, an, I don't want to be inspired. Rabbi, I get away. He looks up to Shemayim and says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this Jew does not say a lie. He says exactly what he feels. It's unbelievable. He would never say a Dvar Sheker in his life. He tells me exactly. He's not going to stop. He's not going to be inspired. Oh, Yisrael Kedoshim Heim. So he could find something valuable to every Jew. So we have to also, says the Arachayim HaKadosh, again, investment and hard work. Number two, Anava. And number three, Achdus. Okay, moving right along. Aseris Adibris. So obviously we could spend many hours on the Aseris Adibris. Let's pick out two of them. Pick out two of them. Number one is Shabbos. Zachar is Yom HaShabbos Lakadsho. Remember, this one is Zachar. Shamar is in Vaischanan. Zachar is Yom HaShabbos Lakadsho. Remember, Shabbos, Sheish is Yom HaTavah, Hitzakam Lachtecha, Yom HaShish Shabbos Lashem Lakadsho. Number of the Mepharshim ask, what do we have to know about six days' work? What is that part of the mitzvah for? Remember Shabbos on the seventh day. What we do during the week doesn't make a difference. You work during the week, you don't work during the week. On the seventh day, remember Shabbos. If you sleep the whole week, you still remember Shabbos. Right? If somebody's very rich and they don't work, play golf the whole week, right? they don't have Shabbos Yom Tavod. Right? So what's the message? So, Alderach Drush. Alderach Drush. This is not the shot. But we have a little of everything. If you look in the Sefer Tova Paninim, it's a, it's a contemporary liquid. He quotes from the Sefer Karban Ha'ani. And he quotes, Venera Lafarish, online four. Source number nine. 
Yadua Shashes Yemeya Maisa Hemachana Likdusha Sashabis. The whole week prepares for Shabbos. Ulafi Hachana Saadam Bashes Yemeya Maisa Khalaf Kdusha Sashabis. Depending how your week is will depend how Shabbos is. And we have to make our week in a way that then we can appreciate Shabbos. He says, it's similar. Imagine, this happens sometimes here in Eretz Yisrael, there is something called Shrisim, right? blackout shades. Right? And all of a sudden, if it's totally blackout, and then somebody quickly raises the shades, everybody's like, oh, oh, like it hurts your eyes. Imagine if somebody's in a black cave without life for three days, and all of a sudden they open the sun, the, it's going to hurt. That's why, by the way, it's unbelievable of a chesed of Hashem. You think about it. Day and night. Why is there something called sunset and sunrise? Hashem is like that mother. Like the father goes in there and like rips off the blanket. You got to get to shul. And the mother goes in. Come on, honey. It's time to get up. A little soft. I need a little of both. But Hashem is like that mother. I'm going to make it light very slowly. So he's going to get slowly. The sun's going to come up. So there's no extremes. Kodesh is unbelievable. But imagine if we have, all of a sudden, it's, it's light. We can't deal with it. If all of a sudden it's Shabbos, we're not going to be able to, if we're in the darkness of the week and we don't recognize and prepare for that light, we're not going to be able to deal with it. So what do we have to do? Even during the week, we have to train ourselves that on day seven, we're not going to work. We have to train ourselves that on day seven, we're going to be with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we have to work in a way that we can have that, that we're going to be ready for that bright light that's going to come. He says, We have to recognize, we have to limit ourselves. If we're not going to be able to like put down, put down our investments, even on Shabbos, then we're not going to be able to have a Shabbos. So what does he say? Now read the Pasuk. Remember Shabbos to sanctify it. How? Work during the six days of the week and make sure Make sure all your work is done during those six days. Have the attitude and the mentality that that's my work. My work is these six days. If I do that, then then Shabbos is going to be able to be for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and for a day that you have Yichud with him. Remember the beautiful thought from the Shemi Shmuel that we like to quote, where the Shemi Shmuel says, why do we say goodbye to the Malachim? It's terrible, they just came. Why are we asking them to leave? The Shemi Shmuel says, because the Shabbos table is Yichud with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Jew and Hashem, even the Malachim can't stay. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants just to be with us. At the Shabbos table. And that's, we have to be ready for that and recognize. Remember Shabbos, Lakash, Oshesh, Yavim, Tavod? Six days, and in that way, we have to live our lives the whole week in order to get ready for Shabbos. Amazing. So that's number four of the Dibros. Let's go to number ten of the Dibros. They're each challenging to fulfill, but maybe this is one of the more challenging ones. Lo Sachmod. Lo Sachmod. So how in the world are we supposed to fulfill Losach mode? Already asked the Eben Ezra. The guy has something, I like it, I want it, so I have a, I covet. Discussion in the Rishonim, when do you violate the Rambam, the Ravid? But ask the Ksava Kabbalah in source number 10. Okay, the Eben Ezra gives us one strategy. Give us another strategy. How do we fulfill Losach mode? How do I not want what my friend has? Right? How do I want not what my friend has? So says the Ksav Kabbalah. The Pasuk says in Shema, V'yahavta Hashem alokecha b'chol avavcha. Love Hashem with all your heart. Ma mikra chaser, line 4, Ma'yikasa v'yahavta Hashem alokecha b'lvavcha. Why doesn't it just say, Love Hashem with your heart? Right, this is one of those back pocket divrei Torah, because, you know, Shema is every day of our life. Why doesn't it say, B'lvavcha, what do you mean b'chol avavcha? Ella says the Ksava Kabbalah, one of the greats of the 19th century. Our heart should be overflowing with focus and love of God. 
If we fill our heart with love of Hashem, there's no room for too many other loves. If those loves fit with Avas Hashem, then they can kind of overlap. My love for my wife, my love for my kids, that's not contradictory to Avas Hashem. So they can kind of fit together, they can overlap. Because my love for my wife is because we're building a, a, a house together of, of, uh, of Kiddush Hashem. With my children, I'm trying to keep them on the, on the road of Avas Hashem. If it's not full of Avas Hashem, then there's Chatzil Hashem and then there's room for other loves. But if we fill it with Avas Hashem, then only loves that fits with that is there room for in my heart. If we have love of HaKadosh Baruch we realize that Hashem does everything that I need for me and He gives me everything that I need, then how could there be a love for somebody else's car? That doesn't fit. There's no room for that. Just like sometimes we're like so focused on something, we say to a person who's trying to talk to us, my brain can't, I, I can't fit that into my brain right now. Somebody's cramming for a test. They can't have any other information because my brain is full. If my brain is, if my heart is full with Abbas Hashem, so then there's, there's no room for any other loves or desires. So if we work on our Abbas Hashem and our recognition that everything is from Hashem and everything we have, then, then fit, love for, for other physicalities or other people's gashmias, there won't be any room for that. And therefore, he says towards the end, They're not Sheves Achim. Right? There's not enough room. So if we fill our heart that memela will, will, will solve our losachmon problem. And in that way, uh, there won't be any there won't be any room. Okay. One final thought for uh, for this year's uh, for this year. And that is after the Aseret Hadibros, and one might have felt this in the past. We finish off Yisrael, we're on a high, and then all of a sudden, we have like, there's nothing wrong, but a couple of like details. Don't build the Mizbeach with steps. Put a ramp. And what else do we have? Don't make graven images of Hashem. Don't make the Mizbeach with cut stone. And Malos. So don't make graven images, don't cut any stones for the Mizbeach, and don't build steps. That's right after Maimon Arsini. I could think of more glamorous mitzvos to put right after Maimon Arsini. You know, how about for your Hatzor Echel Kamocha? You know, how about Kedoshim Tiyu? Even, I don't know, it's a major mitzvos. These are, okay, they're nice mitzvos. But what's the significance? Why are these three here? So Rabbi Bernstein, Rabbi Emanuel Bernstein, in his uh, relatively new sefer here, Dimensions in Chumash, he says that these three right, are kind of like they were already mentioned in right, what, making a graven image. Isn't that part of Avodah which was already in the Aseret Adibros? Right? Not using a sword while fashioning the, the, uh, the Mizbeach. Isn't that part of like, like connection to murder? Like, you can't have murder in the base of Migdash at all. You can't even cut, because a sword is used for, for killing, and therefore you can't have, you can't use, cut, a, cut a stone for the Mizbeach. Right? And, and go, don't go up to the ramp, because you might, you know, your, the coin's legs might spread, and it might be Gili Arias. We already had Gili Arias, and Shvi Chazdamim, and Avodah in the Aseris Hadibros. So what do we need these repeated for? Says Rabbi Bernstein, that's exactly the point. Because if you just read the Aseret Adibros, you know, we might think, and this applies to non-Jews, right, to the Shev Mitzvah's Bein Noach, you know, there's idolatry and adultery and murder, and we know what those are. You know what the message of these three postscripts to the Aseret Adibros are? We define all of these categories differently, and it's much more nuanced. Murder isn't just murder, but you know what? Physician-assisted suicide is also murder. And we say, using a sword on a stone in the base of Migdash is also smacks of murder. And Gili Arias is not just Gili Arias, but it's just acting 
and open, revealing my, my body that should be covered in a way that it shouldn't be revealed, that also is connected to Giliarias. And Avodah Zarah isn't just worshipping, it's even creating a graven image. Because we have different definitions of these values. And mitzvahs are to give us values and to teach us values. And that's what these three are adding. Because there's differences between murder for the world and murder for Am Yisrael. We have a higher standard. And embarrassing somebody is also like murder. In a certain way. And Gili Arias, for the Rambam, could be an Isidaraisa to give a hug and a kiss. That's also Gili Arias. Because, and stealing, just to add, stealing, the rabbis could add on and say, even if somebody gives it to you willingly. Asmachta lokanya. That could also be a version of stealing. Because everything in Yadus, we have a higher standard of these definitions that are out there in the world. And that's what we're taught right after Maimon Harsinai. Don't think it's just the world definition of these concepts. But Akadosh Baruch Hu expects more of us to live a more refined life, to live a more uplifted life, to be an Or Lagoyim as we are. Okay, we'll stop here. Again, Yisro next week, there won't be a shear, and Bel Hashem will pick up with Truma in the following.